tough conversation. So I've bought my bear, because when we've got to talk about tough stuff, it's always good to have a cuddly bear around. Uh, but what we're really going to chat about is uh, leadership king of the jungle. Uh, are you in a leadership role? Are you a parent, a teacher, a coach, a boss, a manager, a pastor, uh, an exercise professional where people need uh, or come to you for leadership? They want somebody to inspire them, motivate them, uh, and particularly in tough times. We're living in a world now where there's a lot of people who are really scared. Uh, they've been fed such negative information for such a long time that panic and fear and stress and I'm scared of what's going to happen in the world uh, has become just a normal part of life. We've got the highest rates of suicide that we've ever had. We've got the highest rates of depression. We've got the highest rates of anxiety. Uh, our kids, right through to our grandparents, are really scared. So if you're in a leadership role, what is your responsibility? And I always ask myself this question every day. What is my responsibility uh, to make sure that the people around me uh, feel safe, feel secure, feel positive, feel optimistic, and am I a solution finder? And is there a foolproof plan to being all of those things? So how can you be positive all of the time? How can you be a solution finder all of the time? How can you be optimistic all of the time? And how, and I think the most important one for me is how can I make people laugh all of the time. And the reason I use laughter in particular is it's obviously a de-stressor. You can't be laughing your backside off and be feeling stressed and unhappy and scared at the same time. The, the brain chemicals are different. So one of the leading responsibilities of a leader, leader, yeah, that sounds good, uh, is what do I need to do to take the stress out of the situation to get people laughing? Because if I'm laughing, I'm going to be thinking more clearly. Now, of course, as an exercise professional, there's an even better way than laughing. It's to get people moving. Uh, the, the major stress transmitters of the brain, which are epinephrine, adrenaline, cortisol, that they, are, they produce stress in the body. Or when we're under stress, our body produces them so that we can sprint, so that we can turn and fight. So it's, they're called fight and flight drugs for a reason. So when people feel stressed and scared and anxious and they feel under threat, under pressure, their body will produce those uh, neurochemicals, those neurotransmitters, to get us the hell out of there. The challenge, of course, is that most people, when they feel stressed and anxious, uh, they don't go punch a bag, they don't go sprint, they don't go do jump squats, they don't get rid of those. Uh, and uh, it's not the, the drugs that are the challenge, the, uh, the uh, endocrine, the uh, adrenal system, the uh, hormonal system produces epinephrine, adrenaline and cortisol, which then triggers the body into releasing fat and sugar out of the cells to put in the bloodstream so we can go. Uh, obviously, our blood pressure goes up, our uh, resting heart rate goes up, our blood sugar levels go up, our blood fat levels go up so that we can get the hell out of there or we can turn and fight. Of course, the challenge now in a world where people don't fight, they don't punch, they don't kick, uh, they don't sprint, they most people don't exercise, uh, we now have these high blood sugar levels, high blood fat levels, high blood pressure, high resting heart rate, and that is a major cause of stress. Of course, that's dis-ease. Your body is now at dis-ease. So as a leader, what is my responsibility to make sure that people are getting rid of those stress uh, 
neurotransmitters uh, out of there. You, you've got to now replace those, and this is what happens when you exercise, and of course when you laugh, is that once you've you've killed the animal, you've got rid of the threat, you've sprinted away from the threat, the threat's now gone, and if you overcame that threat by fighting or flighting, by sprinting or punching, you now have different transmitters in your brain. Uh, we have serotonin, which is a satisfaction drug. I feel much better about my life. We have dopamine, which is a reward drug. Oh, I'm a legend. I, I ran away from the animal or the threat or the, the pressure. I killed it. Yay. Uh, or uh, my favorite, which is brain-derived neurotropic factor. And the reason it's my favorite is it's fertilizer for the brain. And when I first started as an exercise professional, I was told, that we couldn't, well, the body didn't get neurogenesis. We couldn't grow new brain cells. And I was told that my father, who, who died of Alzheimer's, uh, I was told that there was nothing we could do about that. Once brain cells have gone, once they've rotted away, there's nothing we can do. Well, that's just not true. Neurogenesis is something that's produced when we sprint really hard, when we, uh, pre when we produce brain-derived neurotropic factor, which comes from learning, laughing, huffing, puffing, and lifting. Learn, laugh, huff, puff, lift. Learn, laugh, huff, puff, lift. So as a leader, I have to ask myself, what am I doing to set the example so that in any stressful situation, I can, and I'll reverse that, I can't really learn if my brain shut down. So if I've sprinted, if I've lifted heavy, if I've laughed, then I can learn so much better. So it's one of those situations if you're a teacher or a coach. If somebody has a test, if they have a, a competition, if they have to remember something, if they've got a stressful situation, the best thing we can possibly do for them is get, to, get them to sprint or to lift heavy. Phosphate system, 10 seconds, sprint on the spot, jump squats, run up some stairs, get really puffed. So you produce those different transmitters which are now fertilizer for your brain. The really interesting one there, of course, that you've probably heard of before is endorphins, which are supposedly happy drugs when you run. We call it a runner's high. And it's not called a walker's high. It's not called a let's go for a stroll high. It's called a runner's high. But ultimately, it's the sprinting that does it. It's the high intense activity. So if you are in a leadership role, if you, if you have to be the king of your jungle or the queen of your jungle, the person who people look up to, who people have to respect, uh, what are you doing to make sure that people are learning, laughing, huffing, puffing and lifting to get rid of the stress out of their body so they can think more clearly? And that brain-derived neurotropic factor, which causes two things, really important. One, of course, is neuro, as I shared, neurogenesis, so I can grow new brain cells. But the other one's neuroplasticity, which is a change of brain cells. So that the transmitting changes within my brain because I, well, I can now think differently. And I use the example, if you think you can't lift something and you do lift it, so you go to the gym or you, you've got a big rock in your backyard and you don't think you can lift it, but you actually do. So you overload your muscles and bones, you overload your central nervous system, you overload your endocrine hormonal system which then produces that dopamine in your brain, serotonin in your brain, which changes the chemistry of your brain. So now you think differently. So you didn't think you could do it and you did it. So you now have neuroplasticity. You think differently, you think better, you think more positively, you can think more creatively. So in a leadership role, of course, it's not just about you. And I always have a giggle about fight and flight because if you are just a single human being and you're under stress, you can flight, you can sprint out of there, you can go. But if you're a leader, if you're a boss, you're a manager, you're a pastor, you're a parent, you're a teacher, you're a coach, 
you don't get to sprint off by yourself and you can't sprint off carrying 30 or 40, 50 people with you because you can't sprint doing that. You actually have to fight. You actually have to turn and face the threat. And that's why I'm always asking leaders, are you fit? Are you strong? Are you the fittest you can be? Are you the strongest you can be? Because if you're not really fit and really strong, you don't have that chemistry in the brain that will provide you with optimism, solution finding and positivity. So are you looking after yourself as a leader? It's easy to say, well, I'm going to get my team fit or I'm going to get my students fit or I'm going to get my athletes fit or I'm going to get my board members fit. But what about you? As the leader, are you setting the example? Are you living the example? And I was taught that a really long time ago. Uh, from a rugby league coach, in fact, a gentleman by the name of Wayne Pierce, who uh, captained Australia a couple of times. He certainly was a coach for the State of Origin team in New South Wales, Australia, a, a serious football player who became a coach. And he lived by the mantra and shares constantly with the world that the top-level coaches in the world, the best of the best, don't set the example. They bloody live it. And interestingly, for him as a coach, he was always the fittest guy on the team, and he was the coach. When he, was on, when he played, he wasn't the most skilled player on the team. He was the fittest and the strongest. Because when you're really fit and when you're really strong, obviously your brain works better. So as a leader, as a coach, as a parent, as a teacher... Uh, are you the fittest you can be? Are you the strongest you, you have to be uh, so that you can be optimistic, you can be positive, and you can be a solution finder? And the only way to make those three things happen, of course, is to change the neurochemistry in your brain. So I always have a real giggle because a lot of leaders go to leadership courses, management courses. They watch TED Talks on how to be a better leader. They go to conferences and read books about leadership. And ultimately, you can't do anything about what goes on out there until what goes on in here is really sorted. So if if times are tough, if there's a threat, if you're under pressure, if you're under stress and you've got people relying on you to be a solution finder, to be optimistic, to be positive, to make people laugh, because of course, again, if you make people laugh, you'll change their brain chemistry. Are you living the example of healthy, fit and strong? Are you the fittest and strongest you can be? And then do you have the tools to make sure that your team, your athletes, your students, your kids are as fit and strong as they can be? And of course, in a world where, and I'm, I don't know how you're doing this. If you're a parent, I don't know how you are doing this. Uh, we've got little kids now who they're watching people uh, or they're listening to the news or they're observing their teachers or they're observing the adults in their life, panicking, stressing, full of anxiety, even everything from wearing a mask. A mask is a really good sign to tell the world that there's something wrong. Uh, and maybe there's some kids that don't even realize that anymore because they've, they've, we're into our third or fourth year now where people are wearing something to cover their face. That's a sign to say there's a challenge in the world, there's stress in the world, there's a problem. How do you deal with that as a leader, as a parent, as a coach? And there are some things that we have no control over and there are some things that we have complete control over. But if, oh, there goes my line. Even the things that we have absolutely no control over, what we do have absolute control over, of course, is how we respond or react and I use that word very carefully. When we respond to a medication, for example, if we respond to an intervention, if we respond to, to exercise, it means we get a great result. 
If we react to a medication, if we react to an experience, it means that there's a negative, something negative's going on. So we get to choose. Isn't that exciting? We get to choose whether we react ah, or we respond. And as a leader, do we have a choice? If we're going to be optimistic, if we're going to be positive and we're going to be solution finders, how can we be solution finders if our brain is in stress mode? And stress mode means we freeze because fight and flight happens when we produce those movement chemicals and then move or fight. But if we can't move and we don't fight, we then freeze. And we just can't do that as leaders. I can't do it, and I'm sure that you've got you don't have the option either. As I shared, we don't have the option of sprinting because we're not lone individuals. As a leader, as the leader of the pack, as the lion, as the person that people are looking up to saying, please, can you help me? I'm under stress. Uh, we obviously have to have a solution for that. We can't run away. So the first part is, are you fit? Are you strong? Are you the healthiest you can possibly be so you can deal with all the challenges? Then the next part for me is, are you capable of turning it into something positive? Are you happy? Are you helping people to laugh? And I always use the example, doesn't matter what situation you're in, and most movies will do this beautifully. Most stressful movies where there's doom and gloom happening in the movie, there'll always be somebody who can tell a joke. There'll always be somebody, even if they're getting tortured by the enemy or they're getting beaten up by the bad guys or the world's coming to an end, they'll still be telling jokes. And we all appreciate that because it makes us laugh. And of course, when we're laughing, we can think differently. So what are you doing to make sure in your life? And whether that's just a simple strategy of are you watching funny movies? Are you Do you have a joke book? Are you watching um, funny clips on YouTube? Are you putting comedy into your life? And it's a really, I'm asking you a really important question. Be fit and strong and then be funny, be positive. And there's, I know there's two different parts. You can be a positive person without being funny. But if you have the capability of making people laugh, is it possible that you can change their brain chemistry so they can think more clearly and be more creative? So for me, it's huff, puff, lift, uh, laugh. And then the learning part, if you've got a brain that's open to learning, if you've got a brain that's focusing on the solution, and that's, I think, one of the big differences between uh, being a follower and a leader, and, and I, I'm very interested into what you think in, if you are in a leadership role. Uh, if, you are, if you follow, you, you just listen to what people tell you to do. But in a leadership role, if you're not constantly learning, if you're not constantly looking at both sides... And I think we've lived in a world for long enough now where uh, it doesn't matter which, how thinly you slice it, there's always two sides. Uh, and it's interesting because we've been told by the government, by the pharmaceutical companies, by the, the uh, medical associations in the world, this is how you have to live and this is how you, what you have to do. And there's this very strong story here. But is it possible that there's two sides to the story? And as an exercise professional, I use that as an example. How many times have we heard in a worldwide medical pandemic, in a global financial crisis, bushfires, floods, uh, cyclones, earthquakes, how often do we hear, get your body into great shape, make sure your immune system's really strong, get fresh air, get sunshine, eat healthy food, get vitamins, minerals, phytochemicals and antioxidants to make sure you've got the right fuel to fight with, and then make sure your body's really strong. If you've got strong muscles pulling on strong bones, your immune system's built inside your bones, so you've got more likelihood of being able to fight germs, bugs, viruses, and diseases. And if you're fit and strong, you're more likely to be able to handle stress. 
And if you've got a bushfire, if you've got a flood, if you've got a drought, if you've got a worldwide medical pandemic, if you've got a global financial crisis, guess what? There's stress. So if you're really fit and strong, you can fight that stress. But it's interesting because that's not one of the stories that we're hearing, is it? We hear a lot about take a medication, lock yourself away, stay away from people, wear a mask, but we're hearing very little about how can I get my body healthy, fit and strong so I can fight germs, bugs, viruses and diseases and I can be a stress-munching machine. As I shared, that's why I've got my teddy because it's a pretty controversial topic. I'm asking very personally from my heart to yours, if you are in a leadership role, if you are responsible for looking after your pack, your people, your family, your team, your students... Are you healthy, fit and strong? Do you have a body that can fight germs, bugs, viruses and diseases? Do you have a body that handles stress and pressure? Can you laugh in the most toughest situation and can you get other people to laugh? Can you turn every negative into a positive? Doesn't There's plenty of negative stuff being said, but everything that happens, we can't change it. And that's the thing with reacting and responding. If I react to something, ah, <laughs> I can't come up with a solution. If I respond to it, if I've got a brain that's now open to learning because I'm a leader who's constantly learning, not following what people tell me, uh, I understand that there's two sides to the story. If somebody tells me there's been a research study done on something, I actually go and follow up on that research. And there's a great question, are you doing that? If somebody says follow the science, if somebody says the research shows, if somebody says clinical studies prove, uh, if you're going to take that information on board and you are in a leadership role, do we have the responsibility to follow up on that information? If somebody says you should do this, do we ask why should I do that and how will that work? And what are the research studies that prove that that's exactly what we should be doing? And please produce those for me and please show me that they don't have a hidden agenda. Uh, I share that very passionately because I live in a house with a research scientist. Cayman has a master's degree in health science and everything about his career path has been not listen to what the scientists say, not listen to what other people are quoting about the science or what the scientists say, but let's get the science, let's get the research study and let's look at the numbers. And it's been very interesting over the last two, now three years, where every research study that's been quoted, the very first thing that we say at our house is which research, where was it done, who paid for it, what was the agenda behind it, what are the actual numbers of the research study? Because it's very often you'll hear research quoted and you'll hear the conclusion of the study, but when you read the numbers of the study, who was actually in the study, why they were in the study, how many people were in the study, what actually happened by the numbers, by the data, you'll find out that that's not actually the true story. And I share that with you because I think as a leader, I have a responsibility. How about you? I have a responsibility that I can't just blindly lead my team along based on somebody else's opinion. I can't be the regurgitator of somebody else's opinion. I can't be the person that says, well, if it's on the news or if the government says it's true or if the pharmaceutical company says it's true or the next door neighbor told me I should do it, I'm not that person. I can't be that leader. How about you? I feel responsible to find out and it's the learning part. So huff and puff and lift to get fit and strong. Make sure that you're laughing so that you've got a brain that's open to learning and you've got positivity so people can rely on you. I always ask that question, do you light up a room when you walk in or when you walk out? <laughs> 
And I'm sure we've met lots of people like that where they've walked into the room and we've gone, oh, wow, isn't it awesome that they're here? And there's other people when they've walked into the room, we've gone, oh, my God, a black cloud's just come over the entire room. Well, as a leader, I don't think we can be that person. I think we have to be the positive person that can turn every negative into a positive. And even if we have no control over the negative, we get to choose how we respond or react to it. So here's my question. Are you huffing and puffing and lifting so you're fit and strong? Are you constantly adding positivity and fun and laughter into your life so that you can help other people laugh? So it's huff and puff, laugh. Are you open to learning? If we are just taking people's opinions on board and believing them, could that be irresponsible in a leadership role? Do we have a responsibility to be constantly learning and studying and researching and training and upgrading our information and knowledge so that we become wiser? There's that very funny, and we laugh about it at our house on a regular basis, some people get older and wiser and some people just get older. Well, I don't want to be that leader. How about you? I want to be the wise old person who hasn't just lived a life based on other people's opinions and done what other people have said is the right thing to do. I want to know it's the right thing to do. And if I'm in a leadership role, I want to be able to show that and prove that to my kids, to my students, to my athletes, to my team, to my staff. And you know how much I hate that word because I think that staff is a stick that you hit animals with and I would never call people that. But if you are in an organization where you feel like you're part of the staff, is it possible that your leader should be able to handle all stressful situations, whether the times are tough or great. Is your leader capable of celebrating in the great times and how do they handle the tough times? And there's that other great question. Is our character determined by how we respond or react in the tough times? Do we have the capability? And I, this is my mantra, learn, laugh, huff, puff, lift, learn, laugh, huff, puff, lift. But it probably needs to go in the opposite direction. To be able to learn and to be able to laugh, I have to huff, puff, lift. So if I'm really fit and I'm really strong and I'm capable now of thinking more clearly, I've got neurogenesis and neuroplasticity so I can think differently and I can grow more brain cells, I then had the opportunity or the capability to learn more and I want to learn more and I wouldn't just take somebody's opinion as gospel. I'm actually going to find out whether or not it's true and then I'm going to make sure that I'm constantly upgrading my knowledge to keep getting better at better and better at what I do. Notice I had three betters there. <laughs> so as I shared, this was going to be a very, for me, very controversial and very uh, tough topic to chat about. But I'm going to be as hard as I possibly can. If you are in a leadership role, if you have children, athletes, students, human beings relying on you to be optimistic, to be positive and to be a solution finder, are you? The opposite to that is that you're pessimistic, you are, you are constantly finding problems rather than solutions and everything that comes up, you're, you're, you put a negative spin on it. Well, for me, that's just the ultimate opposite to being a great leader. I want to be positive, I want to be optimistic, I want to be a solution finder, how about you? So if you are in a leadership role, are you healthy, fit and strong, the fittest and strongest you can possibly be so that you can handle stress, you can handle anxiety, you can handle stress, you can handle pressure, you can't sprint and get out of there, you have to turn and fight. So are you strong enough to fight germs, bugs, viruses and diseases, stress and anxiety and are you strong enough to fight for the people who are weak? 
There are people, if you're in a leadership role, you'll have people who are looking at you to protect them, to look after them, to make sure that they're safe. And for me, I don't have any children, but and I, as I asked the question before, how do you make sure that your kids still grow up healthy, fit, strong, mentally tough, wise, and want to have a great life? When we're living in a world where there's so much stress and anxiety and, and fear and they're constantly bombarded with rubbish, surely as adults and particularly as, as adults in a leadership role, we have to be optimistic, positive solution finders. I don't have a choice. Do you?